The Trump administration may be planning to roll back the Affordable Care Act's requirement that employer-based health insurance cover a wide variety of contraceptive devices. Officials in the administration are apparently considering a draft regulation that would permit any company to refuse to provide contraceptive coverage on the ground that it has a moral or religious objection. In 2014, the Supreme Court ruled that closely held corporations with religious objections were exempt from the contraceptive mandate. But the requirement continues to to apply to almost all other employer-based insurance. We're going to talk about the implications of this regulation if it were to be adopted and what's likely to happen with um, Patricia Moran, who is of counsel at Mince Levin. Patricia, welcome to the show. We're very happy to have you here. Um, this is uh, this would be quite a change from the Affordable Care Act uh, and, and its contraceptive mandate. How would this draft regulation work in practice? Right. Well, it might be um, it might be a little bit helpful to to talk a little bit historically about about what's happened to, so we can see where things are now. Sure. So, yeah, so the Affordable Care Act uh, required a, a wide variety of preventative services to be offered without cost sharing, meaning employers have to provide them, no co- or uh, plans have to provide them no, no co-payment, no percentage payment, et cetera. And regulations that were promulgated said that preventative care includes a wide range of contraceptive methods. This immediately launched a, a huge controversy for a, a number of reasons under you know, with a number of employers, and the the Obama administration immediately started backpedaling a little bit on that requirement. Um, first, they exempted uh, religious employers. That's known as the steeple exemption. Uh, basically, churches and houses of worship didn't have to provide this at all under their plans to their employees, so com- total exemption. Then they, they stepped back a little further and softened it and said that nonprofit religious organizations opposing contraception due to religious objections also didn't have to offer it, but there was an accommodation mechanism where they they didn't have to offer the coverage, but they had to communicate with their insurers and their third-party administrators who would then offer the coverage. And the, the idea was to create this screen between the uh, employer and the, the offer of coverage, but their employees would still get it. After some litigation, you've probably heard of the Hobby Lobby case, which is the big one people know about. This accommodation was extended to uh, private for-profit closely held entities, so private companies, but they had to be uh, fairly small, held by um, a small number of owners. And again, this this so-called accommodation, it wasn't a a flat-out exemption. Employers still had to apply to their um, TPA or insurer. The insurer would then offer it. The employer had to pass an internal resolution. Uh, there were a number of steps the employer had to take to to get this accommodation. So what is this new draft regulation? If it went into effect, what would it provide for? Right. So so two things. Um, you know, again, we talked about, like, who's, who's exempt now? Re- really only churches get the total exemption, and nonprofit religious organizations and closely held companies get an accommodation, but there's steps they have to take. And this regulation takes it further. Um, first of all, it says any kind of employer. Um, it could be um, a, a 
publicly held company. It doesn't have to be a closely held, or it could be a private company that's not closely held, a larger private company. Any kind of employer can get an, an exemption. So the accommodation process goes away, and there's no none of these steps required. That That's optional. You can do it if you want to, but you don't have to. It's, it's really just a, a broad exemption for any kind of employer who has this this sort of uh, moral objection to contraception. So, Patricia, is it legal for the Health and Human Services or Treasury and Labor Departments to write a rule like this, and at no point is it going to be voted on by representatives and it just goes into effect like that? Well, it's you know that's that's an interesting question. So they so first of all, um, you did say that this this was a leaked regulation. It's not actually in the Federal Register yet. It, you know, we're not sure what what this will look like if and when it becomes a real thing, right? But the but the item that was leaked, leaked is called an interim final rule, and and that's interesting because usually when you regulate. There's a process. You issue a proposed regulation. People have a, a opportunity to comment, to send in letters. The agencies review those comments and consider them and then issue a, a, a final regulation. And sometimes there's even more steps in between there. Um, the proposed regulation can be withdrawn and reproposed, etc. And what the interim final rule does is it shortcuts that whole process and, and basically it says, when we issue this, it's it's final, it's effective, and employ. Uh, sorry, the uh, agencies can do that in a couple of cases. They can do that if it's if it's um, uh, if it's okay to do so specifically um, under the laws that you're promulgating under. In this case, it actually is, but you can also do it if there's good cause. Um, because it's uh, it would be contrary to the public interest to go through the whole process. So well, it sounds like it sounds like we have a long way to go, but unfortunately, we don't have a lot of time left in this segment. Oh. Uh, so we're going to have to leave it there, Patricia. Thank you to Patricia Moran of Mintz Levin for being on the Bloomberg Law Program today.